Hello and welcome to Misty 101 podcast. Drivers warned over three new driving laws set to launch this November. New driving rules will be introduced in the coming weeks for caravan owners while a new clean air zone is also set to launch in the UK. The last of the DVLA's driving license extensions also falls in November meaning drivers may lose their right to drive unless they act quickly. New Caravan Towing Rules The 15th of November Changes to towing rules mean anyone who passed their car driving test after the 1st of January 1997 can now tow trailers up to 3,500 kilograms. Under current rules, drivers who passed after this date had to go through an extra car and trailer test to tow anything heavier. The DVLA will automatically update your driving license record to show you can tow trailers. To show this, an extra B category will be added to your driving license when you get your next photo card. The DVLA has warned drivers can be fined £1,000, issued penalty points or even banned from the roads if they tow anything heavier before the law changes. However, Some experts still hold concerns over the new rule changes. Jonathan White, Legal and Compliance Director at the National Accident Helpline said they were concerned the changes could present additional risk. New Clean Air Zone, the 29th of November. Portsmouth will become only the third city outside London to introduce a clean air zone charge on the 29th of November. The charge will not affect private cars but will impact private hire vehicles and some businesses. Hire cars such as taxis will be charged £10 per day to drive in the zone while coaches and lorries will be hit with a £50 fee. A total of 29 automatic number plate recognition cameras have also been installed to enforce the fee. Back in September Portsmouth Council said the scheme was not a preferred option to reduce emissions. They said, we've been working hard to make sure that anyone that may be charged as part of the CAS has been informed and supported, and in many cases, we've been able to offer support for owners to upgrade their non-compliant vehicles. We've also made sure that systems are all in place ahead of launch so that it goes as smoothly as possible. Although a clean air zone is not our preferred option for improving air quality in Portsmouth, we are required by central government to launch the zone. Driving license extensions, end of November. Due to coronavirus, licenses which were due to expire between February and December 2020 were given an automatic 11-month extension. This means any licenses which were due to expire last December will need to be renewed by the end of November. However, drivers may be caught out by delays with DVLA services as a result of social distancing. They warn paper applications are taking between 6 and 10 weeks to process but there may be longer delays. Gogglebox viewers divided over Giles and Mary moment in latest episode. Gogglebox viewers were left divided over an interaction between Giles and Mary in the latest episode. Channel 4 Entertainment show returned on Friday, 5th of November, and the majority of social media discussion following the episode was directed the way of married couple Giles Wood and Mary Killin. Giles and Mary have become favourites since their debut in 2015, mainly thanks to their bickering, which is always meant in good jest. While many viewers often find the pair to be funny, some felt the bickering went too far in the latest episode. At one stage, 
Jaws heard a noise off camera and quipped that its source must be a leprechaun stuck up a chimney left behind after Halloween. Wound up by his eccentric comment, Mary jokingly told Giles, I'm going to have you sectioned. While some found the interaction entertaining, others expressed their frustration on social media. Don't know how Giles puts up with Mary, she's so condescending and always talks down to him one viewer wrote, while another stated. Baffles me that Giles and Mary are still together sometimes. One else wrote, Mary does talk to Giles as if he's a toddler. A viewer complained to Channel 4 for including the comment, putting it really inappropriate, with another viewer stating, Good grief how awful is Mary at times. Meanwhile, other viewers found it to be business as usual, praising the couple for their mini spats, Giles. Mary's giving him Mary hell tonight. Of them one wrote, with another adding, It's not too much to ask to wanna be like Giles and Mary when I grow up, is it? Cinematographer's death will lead to charge of gross negligence at minimum, lawyer says. Leading celebrity lawyer believes there will be a charge of gross negligence at the absolute minimum over the death of Helena Hutchins on the set of Rust. Maria Allred, a women's rights lawyer known for taking high-profile cases is representing script assistant Mamie Mitchell, who was standing beside cinematographer Ms. Hutchins when she was shot dead with a suspected live bullet fired by leading actor, Alec Baldwin. group were inside a mocked-up church, but S. Allred says Ms. Mitchell wasn't expecting the gun to be fired, even with a blank, let alone live ammunition. Fired the gun and the bullet whizzed past Mamie Ms. Allred said in shock that her friend suddenly fell to the floor but had the presence of mind to run out of the church with her phone in her hand and call 911. Mitchell made what is believed to be the first call to emergency services. The phone call she appears to place the blame on the assistant director Dave Halls. Asterisk 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 AD that yelled at me at lunch asking about revisions. This of asterisk 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 Ms. Mitchell says, appearing to be in conversation with someone who was not on the call. Posed to check the guns. Responsible for what happened. Allred says Ms. Mitchell is traumatized by the incident. No reason for the gun to even go off because a rehearsal had not even been called Ms. Allred said. Baldwin was practicing, but it wasn't even a rehearsal started, Mamie would not have been inside that church because safety protocols would require her to be outside of the church with ear protectors on and with plexiglass around where the gun would be shot. Feels that she deserves the truth and that others on the set need to know why there was a breakdown, leading to a tragedy. At the minimum, gross negligence. New Mexico are leading the investigation into Ms. Hutchins' death and say they haven't ruled out bringing criminal charges over the shooting. The producers of Rust, including Alec Baldwin, said, The safety of our cast and crew is the top priority of Rust Productions and everyone associated with the company. Not made aware of any official complaints concerning weapon or prop safety on set. We will be conducting an internal review of our procedures while production is shut down. Continue to cooperate with the Santa Fe authorities in their investigation and offer mental health services to the cast and crew during this tragic time.
has also approached Mr. Halls for comment but has not been able to reach him. Halls lawyer Lisa Torico told Fox News in an interview earlier this week, What I could tell you is that expecting an assistant director to check a firearm is like telling the assistant director to check the camera angle or telling the assistant director to check sound or lighting. The assistant director's job is to check the firearm because he wants to make sure that everyone is safe, he can do that. Not his responsibility. Hands himself into police after boy, seven, struck in face by flair at football match. Eight-year-old has handed himself into police after a seven-year-old boy was struck in the face by a flair at a football match. Yorkshire police said a flare was thrown in the crowd shortly before half-time on Saturday as Barnsley played Hull City at Oakwell Stadium. Said it is believed to have been thrown by a Hull City fan and hit the child, who was a fan of the same club, in the face. Minor injuries. Police, who are also investigating, said the boy received treatment at the scene and returned to watch the rest of the match presented himself at Clough Road Police Station in Hull and was questioned by officers on Saturday. Hector Blake Neal said, Behaviour of this nature will not be tolerated as families should feel safe to be able to go to watch their teams play without the fear of this type of incident. Officers work closely with the ground's stewards and tonight one supporter had been arrested on entry to the ground when he was found in possession of a flare. Closely with our colleagues in South Yorkshire Police, Hull City and Barnsley Football Clubs to conduct a thorough investigation, and whoever is found to be responsible will be dealt with robustly. A person for Barnsley said, Barnsley FC do not tolerate such actions from any individual, s, and will continue to assist South Yorkshire Police with their investigation. Handed to by stewards and our medical team. The club were pleased that the young supporter felt comfortable enough to return to his seat to watch the remainder of the fixture. Have been contacted for comment. Eel wasn't the only dangerous incident to have taken place at a football match on the weekend of fireworks night. Mug hashtag United posted footage of a firework exploding on a pitch in Essex and striking one of the players on Friday. Fuskan narrowly avoided serious injury after the firework landed near him on the turf, with the spark from the explosion striking his legs. All match was disrupted by fireworks on Friday when Waterford's game against Shamrock Rovers in the Irish Premier League was temporarily halted. Footage of the match showed several fireworks exploding above the pitch and showering the players. GPS and hospital doctors after mother dies from sepsis. A criticised GPS and hospital doctors who repeatedly missed symptoms of sepsis in a mother who died of a severe infection after an abortion. Over Sarah Dunn, 31, desperately sought help as her health deteriorated after a termination in March last year. But blunders meant no GP or pharmacist spotted that she had a life-threatening infection. When Five was admitted to hospital, medics wrongly assumed she was suffering from COVID and there was a delay in getting her antibiotics, an inquest had. Miss whose children are aged between 11 and 2, died of organ failure brought on by sepsis in the early hours of the next day. At the five-day hearing, Louise Ray, 
coroner for Blackpool, found Miss Dunn died of natural causes contributed to by neglect. Although there were gross failings in her hospital care and basic failings on the part of two GPS and a pharmacist, no organization or individual was singularly guilty of neglect. Insurance, cumulative, meant Miss Dunn suffered neglect during her care. Miss Re I am staggered that numerous medical professionals in primary and secondary care did not consider the possibility of sepsis, particularly due of the fact Sarah had recently undergone a medical termination. Miss Marie said, Sarah knew she was very ill and kept asking for help. They are down in the worst possible way and now we all have to try to find a way of living without her when we are broken by her death. Mist sought help from her doctor on April 1 after suffering bleeding following an abortion a week earlier, Blackpool Town Hall was told. Doc Mahara took blood tests but these were clear. Yet later on April 9 she called again to complain of nausea, sweating, and abdominal pain. These of sepsis blood poisoning triggered by an infection. She's pharmacist Anthony Lin who scheduled a call with Dr. Maharaj the next day. In the early the next day Miss Dunn, whose pain had worsened, dialed 111 and spoke to Dr. Nishan Kara Yuneskara. He told he knew Miss Dunn was seeing her GP and doctors were reticent about sending patients to hospital when COVID was at its height. Missed at home at 8am and called an ambulance. But Blackpool Victoria Hospital she was treated for COVID. It was at 5.30pm that she was given antibiotics. She morning. Doctor's barrister, Richard Smith, said no one knew if Miss Dunn had an infection when he saw her on April 1. Liz of the Hospital Trust, said staff had it in good faith. Adelch Paul marriage rumours as she flashes gold band on ring finger. Adele Summers she has married for a second time by wearing a gold band on her wedding ring finger. The useful singer, who has been in a romance with U.S. sports agent Rich Paul since early this year, sparked speculation when she was pictured leaving a West London studio on Friday. She reviewed your gold band on her wedding ring finger as she touched her mask. Earlier year old and rich. 39, had enjoyed a Chinese meal at the Michelin-starred Kai Mei Fair in the West End. Rich and whose divorce was finalized earlier this year, were first spotted in public as a couple in July, enjoying a basketball game in Phoenix, Arizona. A source elaborate on whether or not they had tied the knot. But they Dell had been wearing these rings on her right hand but she has decided to put them on her wedding ring finger. Her relationship is stronger than ever so an engagement wouldn't be out of the blue. Last night attended the ITV special an audience with Adele at the London Palladium. She was jars including comedian Alan Carr, her hero Sir Elton John and Little Mix. Assortendees were told there'd be a free bar because Adele wanted to create a laid-back vibe with a pub feel. It was very out having a good time and a laugh with mates. Adele record-breaking number one single Easy On Me and tracks from her forthcoming album, 30. The one off in front of an audience of friends, 
Family and Fan TV on 21 November also included performances of many of her classic hits. Incendrich went Instagram official, sharing a black and white snap of themselves. Adele Oscar for the theme of 2012 Bond film Skyfall, first spoke about the romance in a Vogue interview in October. She split and Simon Konecki, with whom she has a son, in 2019, after a year of marriage. The song seemed to give hints at her marriage split, with titles such as Cry Your Heart Out, Love Is A Game and I Drink Wine. Adele Laza UK in June, 2017, at Wembley Stadium. Moscow XY American ships loaded with precision weaponry are in Black Sea. U.S. warned with powerful missiles are sailing into the Black Sea to test whether Russia is ready to counter them, the Russian defense minister warned on Sunday. Moscow believe mission may lead to a provocation. Commenting on visits by American warships, including a guided missile destroyer, to the Black Sea, Sergei Shoigu remarked that the Russian military was well aware that such vessels have long-range precision weapon systems on board and were not deployed to Russia's underbelly for a tourist cruise. Speaking of, the minister said the national military was closely monitoring all such missions and presumed that at any moment, any provocations are possible citing a recent incident with a British ship. Shoigu was referring to the June incursion by the Royal Navy's destroyer HMS Defender into the territorial waters of Crimea. The UK peninsula part of Ukraine and deliberately sailed through Russia-controlled waters to reiterate that message. Russian co-fired shots to warn off the British warship. Russia treated as its territory, saying its people exercised their right for self-determination to break away from Ukraine and rejoin Russia in 2014. Other senior officials, including President Vladimir Putin, publicly expressed Russian government's discontent with NATO missions in the Black Sea. Commenting on US deployment. The president mused that could be seen through binoculars or through the sight of our defense systems. The U.S. Burke-class destroyer USS Porter entered the Black Sea on 30 October. The Blue Ridge Pierce command ship USS Mount Whitney, which serves as the flagship of the U.S. 6th Fleet, joined it on November 4, after making a port call in Istanbul. The two are in to further enhance collaboration between U.S. and NATO forces at sea the U.S. Navy said. The public believe UFOs don't exist. But they do. R.T. Speak Thought, the author of a new book, In Plain Sight, which records an array of mysterious UFO sightings around the world and details officialdom's extraordinary efforts to deny them or cover them up. There's been a UFO initiatives over the past 12 months, including the formation of the International Coalition for Extraterrestrial Research and the launch of the Galileo Project. And then there was a leaking report by the Pentagon, in which it admitted there were incidents of unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, that couldn't be explained. Yet a new brain site by award-winning investigative journalist Ross Cathart could be one of the most interesting developments yet. Cathart has issued to uphold in the UFO community, but has long held a desire to tackle the big question, are we really alone? 
I've always been I the subject matter, mainly because there's such a taboo attached to it. In journalism real stigma he said. I can remember eating me, Ross, we don't do UFO stories. I did a lot of curity and defense intelligence related stories. I've spent a lot of the past 30-something years covering wars, terrorist acts and all the miseries of the world. And a lot of those, I made, when I asked them about UFOs, they wouldn't dismiss it, e, the idea they existed, dot. Born in New Zealand was fascinated by the 1978 incident in which a cameraman captured footage of an object flying alongside a plane above the town of Kaikara on the country's South Island. Weeks later it is attributed it to either the planet Venus or a reflection from fishing boats. As a 16, it sounded plausible to me, so I didn't think much of it he admitted. But, at you, Cathart secured his first scoop by tracking down those involved, who assured him what they saw the solid object. Fast forward and he'd established himself as a journalist and was working on the Australian investigative TV show Four Corners. Following the conclusion filming at an Air Force base, the crew were invited by the host to have a drink in the on-site bar. Recalled Cathart, while, he leaned forward and said, Can I ask you a question? Why don't you media stories about UFOs? I freely admit I, and I said, because they're bulls asterisk asterisk t. And he went, they are not. I wish I could say that was he was a very, very senior official, one of the highest people in our military at the time. Hampered by the mainstream media, he still managed to convince his bosses to do a UAP story in 2011 but it was only because they'd sent him to London to interview a rock star who cancelled and they were left with a hole to fill. Cathart dug into 1980 sighting near the Air Force Base RAF Bentwaters and tracked down Colonel Charles Holt, who claimed to have seen a flying object. He recalled, half an hour for broadcast and it just went nuts. The public would, and, more importantly, what blew us away were the number of people calling and offering information. They were contacting over Australia, saying they'd seen a similar object. They were stunned that finally reporting on this story. The good thing for them ridiculing it we were treating the subject with respect. In plain sight detailed analysis of many sightings, including Cathart's personal favourite of a man sitting in a deck chair at an outdoor cinema in the South Australian desert when a cylindrical craft appeared. The movie go a clay light inside its windows. Cathart embarked a going freelance and casting off the shackles of dismissive editors, and says the Pentagon's recent admission that something is out there has been a really positive development. He explained, essentially a single lie that is parroted by any Five Eyes nation, the UK, US, Canada, New Zealand and Australia. If you ask, are you real, they don't answer the question. They say there's no authority issue with UAPs and they don't pose a threat to flight safety. But, in July that all changed dramatically. Anyone can read that rep- It says very that UFOs are a threat to flight safety and that they are a possible threat to national security. It's a complete reverse. Nobody in the Pentagon aiming why they've done this, 
but I think and I've been told it because they realize the game is up. They've got to come about what they know. In his book, Cathars down on the link between UFOs and nuclear facilities. In plain sight begin 1991 tale of a woman called Annie Farinaccio, who had been at a party on a US base in Australia's remote northwest Cape. She was offered a ride on by two policemen and has never forgotten what she saw as they drove. Said Cathart, a petrified. She looked up through the w- screamed, as there was this gigantic triangular craft with lights hovering right above as they were driving along at 100 km per hour down this road. In the blink of an eye, 1,000 feet and then it dropped down to the left-hand side of the car. By this time, she, with the police, to drop her back in town, and it jumps to 1,000 feet instantaneously again and drops down to the right-hand side of the car. The base housed Verilacy transmitters, which, in the event of war, send signals to U.S. nuclear submarines. Annie was visited by officials, taken back to the base and told she had seen a weather balloon even though the craft didn't resemble one in any way. The book records another, in Russia, in which the weapons in a nuclear silo had been mysteriously armed, ready for launch, without any input from the officers. Said Cathart. They the intelligence appeared rating, whatever your security systems, they can be breached. If it is some intelligent, it seems to be sending a message it seems to be expressing something about the use or potential misuse of nuclear weapons. Also featured in the book of teacher Andrew Greenwood, from Clayton South, a suburb of Melbourne. Along with his high schools, he saw a metallic disc appear in cloudless sky. Greenwood spoke to the local before being silenced. Said Cathart, this get very sinister. Two weeks after the incident he gets a knock on the door at his private home. There on the doorstep is a man uniform a senior officer and the other gentleman is an official of some kind, perhaps a police officer or an indigence official, more likely. Andrew's still angry at what they flatly threatened and said, if you talk any more about what you saw, we'll make sure you lose your job we'll say you drank as a teacher. Andrew's got no reason to doubt this and, more importantly, what he says he saw is backed up by 167 witnesses, all on the record, at the last count. It really is the most ex case. More revelations have been a thought including suggestions of recovered non-human craft. Sources claim the UH have facilities in which these are stored, but Cathart says he is generally skeptical about such claims without having seen proof. That's the biggest problem. Governments are bloody hoping secrets and I would have thought, if the United States government was sitting on secrets like that, then it would have been leaked by now, it hasn't been he said. But, when you look in the US government, that's why I called my book in plain sight. The evidence is right there. Right. There are archives from the so it was working with the US Defense Department to recover what the documents refer to as flying saucers from Nepal and Afghanistan. Along with the book, Kath produced a UFO documentary, and has been met with an encouraging level of support from media colleagues and the public alike. The response has just been
I've never in my career had a wreck I've had to this subject matter explained Cathart. It has been overwhelming. I'm exhausted every day I there are literally 300 to 500 emails, people telling me about their sighting, people offering me information. It's like we've opened a wound and reality is pouring out. The main purpose of the book is to cut through the fog. According to Cathart, it's as if sections of the media don't want to admit they've been asleep at the wheel. He continued, the media here. The media is locked into the pat, absurdly, it was encouraged to heed by the CIA and the US Air Force back in the 1960s. The CIA decided to seize of UFOs I don't know why, but it's claimed it was because they were worried that people reporting UFOs would get in the way of people providing early warning of a Russian ICBM, intercontinental ballistic missile, landing on the US. It's an absurd argument that to stop people from jamming up the phones at NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, with sightings. It's just ridiculous, or a man adept with words but concludes by describing this complex subject appropriately succinctly. While he's been unable so far out all that's known by governments and security agencies about UFOs, he's clear why the subject has been judged to be the pastime of fools. We've been manipulated, he's. We've been had. Asking for your support. You can make your donations on our website www.misty101.com on podcast page. We hope that you have enjoyed. We thank you for being with us and your support. Goodbye till next time.